those Tupperware containers. Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of Ring Crew Radio. It is Tuesday, November 24th. 2020. I am the arbiter of all things professional wrestling, EJ Stackball, alongside the infamous Nikki K. Fades. How's everything, PJ? Going well. It's going well. Can't complain. And coming off the top rope, as always, the big guy, Frank Cliff. Thank you, sir. How are you today? It's been a good day. It's been a good day. The holiday is right around the corner, Thanksgiving. I'm not thankful for Nikki. I was going to say, what are you thankful for? I'm not listening. What are you thankful for? Nikki, I have my health. That's I have a important. job. Yeah. And times like this, it's, it's good to have, you know, yes. both of those. I'm thankful I got to watch Nikki Kayfabe's childhood die in front of him the other day. It was beautiful. Gobbly Gooker. We didn't mention him last week. You remember? He won a belt. He won the 24-7 title. I know. I read, you know who they say he was underneath? I did. I saw that. Drew Gulak. 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 Yeah. He can wrestle. He's very good. He he uh he's worked for us a couple of times. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but it's been man, we were last episode was Sunday. It's not been long. There's been one day. The, the people one show. The people demand and they, they supply. They demand content. We're we're sitting here a little a little less uh occupied this Tonight, we don't have our special guest here. The Man of Steel. You notice he just got a big gig with PW Insider? Yeah, good for him. Congratulations. The, the he should thank us. Stone. He should thank us. You're welcome, Cheesecake Man. At least he's back to wrestling, right? Hey. And he was breathing up all the oxygen. There was no air to breathe. It was hot as hell in here. Man of Steel, he's like a fucking radiator. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Ro- could roast marshmallows on him. It's, it's outrageous. I, I want to thank him again, though, because I appreciate him coming Absolutely. Down Shout out to the big guy, the real yeah. big guy. Uh, the big, big guy. Makes me look fucking tiny. And I'm fat. <laughs> K-Fabe, did you do anything for your birthday? No. No, I just I just had a few. Um, had, you know, some dinner with the fam. What do you mean you had a few? What does that entail? I had a few uh, blue moons. Oh, okay. A Jack Daniels just for, making for sure. The Undertaker. Just making sure it wasn't some blue diamonds. Heard some stories about those this weekend. <laughs> we have a bunch of those stories to talk about. Really? So, gentlemen ready to talk wrestling? Absolutely. We last talked wrestling Sunday night. So, wouldn't it be a little ridiculous to do a count out the top ten moments in wrestling between Sunday and now? I don't think 10 things happened on Raw. I, it was, I don't think 10 individual things happened on Raw. So how about, instead of ending this thing by way of count-out, we end it by way of three count. A pinfall. The, oh. A pinfall. Shoulders flat in clean. honor of Drew McIntyre. Clean? Took, yeah. Could be clean, could Roll be dirty. Up. We'll okay. see how it goes. Okay. Anything, with, anything with you is dirty, Nicky <laughs> K. Fapes. So we'll, have, we'll, do, we'll do three. We'll do all three items. How about we do the three of us? I like it. All right, Frank, we'll throw it over to you first, Mr. Cliff. Well, uh, we have a little story time for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was trying to grow our fan base because 20's great. 30's great. We need like, you know, a thousand for us to make any fucking money. Well, we got one in Singapore and we got one in Canada now. We're, hey. we're, we're basically a global brand. You know, you're right. We we're need one of those brand. clocks with all the different time zones. We need to know what we're doing here. But anyway, we were trying to build our brand, and we saw that the one and only, the leader of the whole train, 
the one and only Godfather was on live on Instagram. And Who? We, <laughs> Papa Shango? Yeah. The good father. The godfather. Good. The soul taker. What was his last one? Right the censor. Good father. No, but what was wasn't it his full name too? No, I think it was just the good father. Oh, the good father. What a terrible fucking Godfather name. was live on Insta. He was. And we spammed the shit out of him. And he was nice <laughs> enough. It was pretty funny. There was an English guy on there and he kept trying to say bear, but you know how they all sound like fucking that guy with the fucked up legs? Oh, I'm losing it. Come on. With Tiny Tim. Oh, sir. <laughs> and, you know, they called him fucking bear. And he's like, what the fuck? Bear? What? You know, I was thinking. It was hilarious. I, was I think- can't believe they, they can't say bear. When, when the Godfather went live with the fan, and let's, I was with Nikki K. Faves right at that moment, and we were trying to get on live with him. But when he picked that little British chap, I thought to myself, <laughs> that's the nerdiest looking wrestling fan. But then I said, we all look like that. Yeah. Right? I don't think I look like that. You look worse. No, you look, you're wearing an ECW hat. <laughs> <A> you're wearing <laughs> a Bullet Club sweatshirt. Oh, don't tell these fucking smocks. They're going to eat me on Twitter I, for that. I, I, I fought this like also, six years ago. You're also wearing a replica belt, which I won't even bring that up. <laughs> I heard you got Stone Cold Undies on, too. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Anywho, we spammed the shit out of the Godfather, and he, uh... He unintentionally shouted us out because he thought he was booked with us. So now, <laughs> so Which, now, as far as I'm concerned, he is, and he has no showed Ring Crew Radio. It's okay. We're going to reach out to his people. He's said to reach out to him, so we're going to try, and we're going to try to expand our technical capabilities and get the Godfather on here, but only if the people want to hear him. Or he can come down here and smoke out of the Papashengo bong with you. Yeah, and so God- Reggie, you know nothing about smoking. You can't carry a bong through a fucking airport. 9-11 ruined all that shit. You used to be able to walk in with pounds of cartel. And then it all got fucked up. So Godfather's been back kind of in the wrestling... Uh, in the sphere. Yeah, in the sphere of influence that is wrestling lately. Because, see, apparently... And this is something I knew, but I didn't know the extent of it. I think um, it's he was awesome. Very, Godfather was close with The Undertaker. I wasn't even talking about that. I was talking about the fact that he's going on Instagram live and there wasn't a ton of fans in there. Let's be honest. It's not like, you know, the rock went live and had fucking a million people watching. Right. He had a hundred people in there and that's really cool for those hundred people that are watching. If they get their questions asked and it's really cool thing that he answered a lot of questions. And it's a Tuesday night. It's probably impromptu. Yeah. He's sitting there smoking his bong chilling as I would, if I was, you know, that old and spent that many years in the fucking wrestling business. He just seems like the chillest dude Ever and he attributes it entirely to cannabis. He yeah. said he said today he was sixty. He doesn't look sixty. He don't look no, no. sixty. I look close to sixty. <laughs> I smoke weed every fucking day. I wish I looked sixty. Yeah. But anyway, but um, getting the Godfather on here would be would be pretty cool, and we hope uh, you know our people connect with your people. And who we'll the go- fuck is our people? Don't make it sound important. There's twenty people that listen, and they all know us. We ain't important. You're fucking DMing them, guy. You're our people. <laughs> so not only did he shout out Ring for Radio, he asked, he answered my question. Yeah, he did. He answered a question of PJ Stackpole. I said, and I quote, "Hey, Godfather, <laughs> was Paul Bearer a good dude?" And he read it back, and he said, "Was Paul Bearer a good dude?" Yes, Paul Bearer was a very good dude. He loved to roll, and he could roll a mean blunt, right, or some mean equipment. joint. Some equivalent version of that. Yeah. I mean, you have to get high to do that fucking shtick, right? Oh, yes. 
do you think I think we've unlocked the secret of the Undertaker? I know what was in the urn. <laughs> His stash. His bada bing. <laughs> the green stuff. That would have been so funny. Satan salad. Well, how right? do you think his eyes always looked all puffy and shit? He was fucking stoned off his ass. And he, apparently the munchies. I mean, you know, I'm not going to make fun of the ill, but or the dead. But he, he was ain't a, ill he, no more. He was a stuffed fella. He was big. He was a big boy. Very good at his job. Very. Excellent. I have yeah. an autograph of him. That's awesome. Well, didn't you? You were trying to tell me earlier about something with him. You had some contact with him. I... Had an email exchange. I had several email exchanges with Paul Bearer. I first question. A.K.A. Percy Pringle. First question. A.K.A. William Moody. Wow, that's a lot of them. <laughs> How old were you when this went on? Was this a gimmick thing or this was like recent? Maybe 10 years ago. Maybe a little less than that. Maybe a little more than that. But in that, in that range. So he was still working. He had a website called percypringle.com, and it is still active. And he was very active on it. He kept a blog. He had a message board on one He had point. a fucking blog? Oh, yeah. Did he write about his day, or he just wrote back on stories? About his day and stories, everything. He was very, very active on the internet. And one day, I just emailed him a question. I forget. Something about Kane, and we just chatted. Very quickly. What was it like to like um, manage Kane? He said, oh, I love Glenn. He was a good dude. Very, very brief. But the better time was a friend of mine had met Paul Bearer at a Comic-Con. And he called me. I think it was in Chicago. And he knows I was a huge Paul Bearer mark. I still am. And he said, I'm here. I have Paul Bearer. Do you want me to get an autograph? I said, yes, I do. As a matter of fact. So I'll pay you later. He said, okay. And I emailed him that night, Paul Bear. I said, you met my friend today. I live in Brooklyn. I couldn't make it out to see you. And he said, there'll be other times. Don't worry. And then he died. Oh, oh man. Yeah. So, Shit. never met him in person. But I saw him work. I saw him be managing The Undertaker. I think he was doing the ministry in it's the late 90s. I was at a few MSG house shows. He uh, was fantastic. And the more and more I watch, I've been watching, I've been on a big cane spree the past couple weeks. I don't know why. Maybe it's the taker going. Of course. You know, obviously. But he was so great at managing him, too. It was just great all See, around. I actually, I actually went down the well a little today, and I, I watched uh, when the ministry... Hold on. I tried calling you twice earlier, and you didn't pick up, and you were watching the fucking network. I was watching when... Uh, it wasn't a network. It was on YouTube. It was when they said the ministry kind of debuted when he, when he re-teamed with him, with Paul Barron, right. and came out, and then Kane challenged him to a match. Right. And all that stuff. I mean, there has been a reconciliation. Yes, yes. That Brother one. Paul <laughs> has returned that. to lead my ministry. Yeah, that was it. Epic. Yeah. Kane, <laughs> I used you, boy. He's so evil. Wait he's, a second. He was just evil. He was did you, since you ignored my calls, did you at least see the clip I sent you earlier of Tank? When he was doing commentary and full ministry gimmick? And Kane, I forgot the storyline, but Kane comes out. To clear house and take it, thinks he's going to help the corporate ministry, I think, at the time. And he does it and takes them all out. And you just hear him flipping out on the, the commentary. I didn't I didn't watch it. It's so funny because he tries to stay in gimmick, but when he says it, he kind of sounds like Robotic. He's like, oh, look at that. Blood must be thicker than water. It's fucking hysterical. I, I, you know what? One thing about him, you really don't hear much 
about the ministry, and I, I would like them. He brought. I, I think he not. faded out of his own history because when you look back at it now, and I've watched a lot of it recently, it's fucking cartoony shit. Forget that. I'm gonna even the way you. he raised the lights. Think about the way he used to raise the lights. To think about the way he does it now, he used to do it like he was doing a fucking Beethoven staging of the opera, and he just lift his hands up real quick. Mm-hmm. And then over time, he developed the character and changed it. Also, well, fun fact: it's a different character, though. It is, and also, Ministry Taker did not wear an entrance jacket. No, wore a robe. Wore a robe. Yeah. So, two things about that: I, I think there is a reason he doesn't talk about it anymore, and I think it's because he's a born again Christian. And he was doing some hardcore satanic things. He was putting people on crosses. He crucified people. Yeah, that's true. He That's did. what he did. He that's did. meant to be the, the, the implication of it. That is one doing. of, and not for nothing, just to talk on that while we have it up. That is one of the most like crazy shit things that we saw. And the crazy thing is, ECW technically did it first a couple of years earlier. You got fucking right. canceled for it. Right. So but they, gonna, they changed it up a little bit. They didn't use an actual cross. They used his crux, as he calls it. So I'm going to break our own rules, because before we went on the air, there were certain words we wanted to limit from our vocabulary. And one phrase was, we'll get to that later. And I hate to have to use it, but, but yeah. ministry, we will get to that later. <laughs> to tie it into Godfather, which is number one yes, sir. on our list, I asked him on Instagram, he didn't answer. this is the question he didn't answer. I said, was Papa Shango ever considered to join the ministry? Because him and God, you know, if I'm going to take a wand to Godfather in the ministry. It's his boy. Godfather was going to be in the ministry. Right. It was going to be that simple. And first of all, I think it would have worked. And secondly, if you look up online, you can find modern pictures of Papa Shango. A modern, late 90s Papa Shango. In like a leather jacket, I think he was considered. I'm almost convinced. If we can get the Godfather on the show, I want to ask him. I think he was almost considered for it. I'm almost positive. And do, do you think, Dickie Cabin, do you, Papa Shango would have worked? I, I think the character definitely could have worked. I mean, he was a dark character. He could have, it could have definitely worked. It wouldn't have to be a little less gimmicky. Yeah. Like, remember, he took. He, he can't make Ultimate Warrior throw up again. Right. He took Phineas Godwin, he made a minion. He took King Mabel, he made him Viscera. Yeah. You know, take Papa Shango and just do a darker edge. And there were some bad dudes on that team. Godfather would have fit right in with. Brad Shaw. Are you, are you talking Simmons. about this picture where he looks like Spawn? Yes. That's very interesting. That would have fit right in with that shit. I mean, and you had Gangrel and Christian and everything. Right. For all our viewers at home, you just have to Google late 90s Papa Shango on Google Images. They did have a, they had a good group. They had a... And he would have fit right in, and something tells me, I don't know why, but if I'm the Godfather, I don't want to join the ministry, because you know Godfather was moving merchandise. With his whole train, he was probably making a lot of money. He was over. One of the earliest memories I have of the Godfather, he was wrestling Vader. I swear to God, it's one of the earliest wrestling memories I have. And he brought out the hose and he said, you could either wrestle me or you could go home I'm with, train. with my girls. And Vader chose to go home. And I noticed this week. <laughs> I, I, I remember that. I really do I remember, remember that. Vividly. I remember that. Yeah, I'm wow. sure it's happened more than once. Yeah. <laughs> I think wow. that used to be Val Venus took the offer, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> That what a gimmick. Notice the hoes were not with him. I was going to say, it's outrageous, but They're that's... done, Frank. The, They're the, gone. That's a relic of a bygone era. That's like... Here's my thing. I that's get, like X-Pac and Blackface doing Mark Henry. He's just gone. It worked at the time. Or they, a fireball. Let's not forget that one. Remember when he shot a fireball? That may come back. I, w- I won't write that off as dead. <laughs> Kane's got one more run. We live in a world where it's like, yeah, you can throw fireballs at each <laughs> other. 
But don't don't, don't you have women dress as hoes? Right, don't call them hoes. But yeah, you could, you could put I, each other I on think, fire. See, I, my thing is, is I think there's a lot of sex workers on this earth, and it was nice that they were represented in mainstream television and not in a negative light. I think that last time I seen The Godfather, he had he, he had did have hoes at yeah. the Hall of Fame. No, it was after that. Did he Hall go into the Hall of Fame? Well, Hall of Fame, they always come yes, out with the did. divas. He did. So I don't know. He did. Were they the hoes, or did he have his own hoes? But and before the hoes, he was in. Uh, he was he was Kama. Yeah, he was Kama. He was Kama Mustafa in in the Nation of Domination. He was that, a tough guy. They yeah. said Godfather was one of the toughest guys. He was Jack. They showed oh, his arms were just bigger oh, than your huge, head. Huge. Babes, they're just big. They're just yeah. big arms. He's and a he's big dude. a tall dude. He's huge. Yeah, he's a he used big to guy. be a bouncer in a strip club. I mean, I. Like I said, can't, can't say anything better about The Godfather. So if you want to come on, yeah. And I'll give you one more question. We'll telegraph. I want to know how he felt about being the good father in Right to Censor. Because I think Right to Censor, first of all, was a great fact. He mentioned it quick. He said he hated it. He hates it. Yeah. And secondly, Right to Censor won. They won the war. They won the culture war. What did you just say? Oh, yeah, right that's to censor won. You're right. We yeah. live in a heavily PC society. They won the war. Look at look what they did to wrestling. They made it PG. Yeah. Well, not anymore. I don't think it is now. Yeah, but I never feel like we're going to be back to like where we were at the 90s, where we have guys gushing every fucking night. We have hardcore matches. We have... I mean, even if you don't want to bring the, the female aspect into it, I get that. You can't do that anymore. That's gone. But even with the violence. Wrestling the is always, like everything else, a product of its time. The 90s was like, maybe I'm off by a few years, but like Tom Green was like a big star and things were raunchy and celebrity deathmatch. It was just like a counterculture type of age. Hot Topic was big. Sidebar, and, and I, and I celebrity deathmatch, fantastic. The fantastic program. Oh my God. And WWE, I feel like, followed the trend. It was very dark. Do you remember the old 90s pay-per-views? Yeah. Judgment Day. Uh, backlash. Everything just had like a dark, somber, yeah. no mercy. Yeah, absolutely. Unforgiven. Armageddon. Armageddon. Yeah, everything <laughs> right was Right so, after the movie came out, too. Every, great, everything great was dark and bleak, and but that was society. That's yeah. where it was. And as society got more and more timid and weak, uh, WWE followed suit. You know, you have a sense of humor. Do you ever think we'll see, and this relates right to The Godfather, do you think we'll ever see DX doing their blackface routine oh, of the Nation of Domination again? No, no, no they never. won't. They're never going to push the racial Don't issue never, again. No, not, not even the racial again. issue, but the, well, that's right. true. They didn't do I, that. I mean, I mean, show the footage again. Will they ever release that footage as part of a DX DVD? No, no fucking no shot. That's going to be in, in, in the vault. In With Stanford, next to the Owen Hart footage and the D'Lo Brown footage, never to be watched. A D'Lo Brown and draws. I mean. oh. Yeah, not D'Lo. Uh, There's got to be some scary shit in there. There's got to be the time McMahon said the N-word. That's got to be taken out. That's on YouTube, though. That's insane that he honestly thought, at one point in his career, this is what I'm going to do. And then he got away with it at the shielding of, it's a character. Come it was on, pal. Booker was right there. He didn't have a problem. He was dressed as a king. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, that's one thing they definitely always failed to do is not be idiots when they were trying to do something like that. Yeah. But yeah, man, Godfather, follow him on Instagram. He's a good follow. He just seems he seems like a man who loves life. And let's face it, wouldn't you? He should. He's he high. Should. He's surrounded by beautiful women. He owns a strip club. He got given a Rolex a few times, I heard. 
again, I hate to say it, <laughs> we'll get there, my friend. But before we get to my topic on the uh, the count out, we have to talk about Monday. We have to we talk gotta, about the two count. We got to talk about count. yeah. What's our second item, Nick? This is all you, Nicky K. We did have Raw on yesterday, uh, so we should in all discuss a little bit right. about it. It was it wasn't the most eventful episode. Uh, I would agree of, of the show. There were a few things that stuck out for sure. They're setting up. Yeah, Survivor Series up. is done. We're setting up for the next kind yeah, of TLC, injury. and they, they're setting it up. They had a few a few moments. One big thing that came out of it was uh, Strowman. Braun Strowman got suspended after laying his hands on Adam Pierce. It says suspended indefinitely. So I mean, suspensions in you know wrestling don't really last too long unless they're for the juice. Unless yeah, I mean that's. That's not a bad. I didn't think about that. That might ha- that might be the case. But what do you mean for the juice? If you got oh, when they get the fucking you know when you they get their little thirty day penalty drug. Oh, those are legit. This is no, a, but this has got to be a kayfabe thing. They, this will work. Yeah, it might be a work. It seems like yeah. with the way he. What do you mean it might? He, he throttled no, the guy I, on Raw, correct. so he's he's been he's it might been be storyline suspended. It might be he's saying it might be a front cover into a into an actual suspension, but I I don't know. You never know with that so. show. I don't I don't okay. think so. But uh, Strowman got suspended for that. Uh, again, I feel like he's a guy that they really haven't done much. So with maybe that was just a way to write him off. You Possibly, suggested? yeah. I but with the way they're talking, he suggested it. I got it. It's okay. a good suggestion. I didn't think about it. With the way he said it. When he's like going after Adam Pierce, and he said, "Do you know what I do for this company? You seen what I've done?" I feel like they're just trying to like push him as some type of anti-authority he wrote, angle. He wrote on Twitter that he was done with like the political stuff of the company, and it was all political nonsense. Oh, uh, so now it's gonna be like a new anti-authority figure. We're yeah, try this again. I don't think he's the right guy for it. But hey, they I'll tell you what, we're gonna shave your head. You're gonna be doing a stunner in two weeks. No, he can't do no stunner. I mean, what is this? They he puts on fucking work gloves to go wrestle. Yeah, but they haven't. I mean, they haven't used him well since after Mania. I mean, he's been really jumping around and Franz never well, done since, anything for him since the since the Fiend promo uh, program. I think. I think the Fiend program was good. I think the Mania program sucked. Yeah, but that but, wasn't his fault. That was a rough situation to be put in. After that, you kind of he kind of he's there. He's a big guy. You see him there. They're gonna try to feature him, but I don't know. I don't know what's next for him. I really don't. They killed him with his first Roman feud when he beat the shit out of Roman Reigns and threw a truck on him, and then he was back next week. Or whatever it was, or two yeah. weeks later, they they have booked this guy terribly from the first moment he's been in the company. They rushed it too quickly. It wasn't organic. But other things happened on Raw. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we had we had another moment that I actually enjoyed. Uh, I I've been saying this for a while. I feel like this has been one of the the best storylines that they've had going. I feel like Alexa Bliss and the Fiend has been great. Uh-huh. They had a, a payoff for Alexa on Monday with uh, her facing Nikki Cross. And um, she she dropped her. She she beat her up good. And, yeah, Bliss with the win. She had some aggression in this match. She looked good. Uh, I believe she was laughing when she was getting her ass kicked, much yeah, like the Joker. I, I love it. And I think that, you know, it's good stuff. And I feel like they have so many different options and different ways they can go with this character and these, these, them two together. So I'm excited to see where this goes from here. I say it every week. It's Harley Quinn. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. And that's what they're trying yeah, to capitalize they are. on. And, and that's not smartly, all with them. Maybe smartly. Wasn't smartly. there also a Firefly Funhouse with them? Yeah, there was, and it got the friend. They brought a new character, the Friendship Frog, and oh, I saw it. Kind yeah. of talking about her and uh, Nikki Cross, and you know whatnot. And then she she broke the frog. And whatever happened to the Wobbly Walrus? Oh, Heyman. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love those segments. I think they. 
You yes. would. They're intended to scare children, so you would like it. It seems like they're trying to be very insider baseball with those Firefly Funhouse things, and I feel like sometimes they hit or miss. But eh. they can be. I, I, there has been some that are right. You know, eh, but I feel like for the most part, they actually probably it's 70%. something different. Alexa, I feel like just the most relevant she's been since she actually had a, tel- a title. So good for her. Um, again, moving forward, we had a triple. We had three matches to determine the number one contender for for McIntyre's title. I'm glad they're you know stepping up and making a new contender for that. We had Matt Riddle versus Sheamus, Keith Lee versus Lashley, and Orton versus Styles. The winner of those three matches will face off next Monday to determine who will face Styles uh, for the number one contender. Yep. Okay, so Styles won. Styles won. Lee won. Yep. And Riddle won. Correct. Frank, who should get it? Who do you want to see versus uh, Drew? I mean, you gotta you gotta want to see Styles versus him, right? That's got to be the next step. You want to make him like this over big baby face. You got to get the guy in there that's gonna that's gonna sell for him and make him look good. Um, I like Riddle. I don't hate Riddle. I, I don't think it's a bad option, but I think for Riddle it's too soon. It would do less for Riddle and less for Drew, but Styles putting him over would do a lot for him. I agree. I think it's too early to job out Lee or... Oh, and I didn't even get to Lee, but I was going to say, you've been teasing this match for so long that if you waste it now on a Monday night, on the next pay-per-view, which is TLC, I think it's stupid. Lee McIntyre down the road can very well be a big stakes match. Drew's got to beat some people, and AJ's got the big bodyguard. Absolutely. I, I, I could sign me up. I could... Yeah. You know, get on board for that. And he's also the only heel in the match, so. Oh, that's a good point, too. Good point. Yeah. Well, now, and this is where we, we kind of look ahead. You think Strowman gets involved in this somehow? That's a possibility, you, too. You got to figure that. That's got, they didn't, he didn't get suspended, to our knowledge, for anything that he actually did. I think it's all a bullshit kayfabe thing to get him off. And it makes sense because you couldn't have him in, like, a triple threat match because he's obviously going to decimate two other people, especially if you're pushing him. As this character that doesn't give a fuck and just wants to tear through people now. Yeah, you can you can have that and then roll that over to when you Strowman bo- and McIntyre, though. You could have Styles lose after Strowman dominated, and then they could roll that over, and they could probably get like two, three months out of that. I feel the problem they always have with Braun Strowman, and this goes back to this, when you book him like how you should book him, he's very hard to put into a position. Because if you book him like a straight monster in the year 2020... People believe too much in 50-50 booking, and you can't 50-50 book a monster. You have to squash everybody. The problem is you don't have that many fucking stars, so once he takes out the 10 jobbers that are on the roster, there's no one else for him to beat but stars. And there's certain stars that you just can't have him beat. That's been a problem in wrestling since the Monday Night Wars. The jobber has gone away. Yeah. It used to be put Frank Cliff in the ring with a jobber. Frank beats jobber one, next week jobber two, next week jobber three. Meanwhile, Nikki K. Faves is on the same shows. He's beaten jobbers four, five, and six on different shows. Mm-hmm. So now you've seen what Frank Cliff can do against some guys. You've seen his move set. You've seen what Nikki K. Faves can do against these jobbers. Now what's going to happen when the two shall meet? So Collision you, course. So you build it up, and that was always a good use to jobbers. After you know it became all about the ratings, the jobbers went away. But now notice when they do go the route, of jobbing out just little guys off the indies, Ryback, mm-hmm. Umaga. Yeah. They, they made 
uh, maybe Chris Masters. I mean, when he oh, was he had a crazy streak. Bobby oh. Lashley's the one that broke it. And you know what? It did a lot for Bobby Lashley. Beating, right. beating somebody with it two, works. four they, or five months in the ring. They did away with the jobber. They did away with the manager. And it's not like the product has gotten better. I miss, I miss the fucking manager like crazy. They now brought, all you see is like... They brought some back, though. Yeah, but it's not the same. You don't understand how it used to be. That every, like every single person that couldn't communicate through a promo got a manager. And I that's like, how you made the story. I feel like they are changing a little because you're getting a lot of factions now. A lot. But factions aren't managers. No, they're not. But they you, need you managers, too. factions for a long time. A I think I think Vince is under the opinion that if you're gonna have a manager, make it a manager who can work. I feel like MVP is now basically fulfilling the role of a manager. Fantastic. Uh, Armando Estrada was one of the last great managers that he was I very good. and he was able to work. And he worked. Yeah. They always yeah. work. Davari when yeah. he was managing Hassan. Yeah. That's not a bad one. Um, they always work. I guess. It just to their benefit to have managers that can work as well. You know, the only guy who's doing it now, really, the only person is Heyman. And he's doing it at a very high level. So I don't know why they don't bring it back. I, I, I'm i going to get off topic and go to, to AEW here. And I feel like they use those guys really well for the managerial roles. Yeah. Taz. Um, Jake. Arm, How did the WWE Jake, not get Jake and do the same damn thing? I think Tully's great. I, I think WWE doesn't use Jake, for example, because he can't work. I think they like using workers. They like to have people who can do dual capacities. And then they have guys, though, like Malcolm Bivens, who are in NXT doing nothing right now, which makes no sense because Malcolm Bivens, I think, is a good manager. To my knowledge, from what I've heard from people, he Man could get under your skin, which is the point of a heel manager. Managers always get over. Almost always. Bruce Seven Lana. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Tell you one last thing. Well, is that another thing that's gone away with women's wrestling booming? Is there going to be a lot less female managers who are eye candy I only? didn't like that they transitioned from the manager well, into the ballet. The manager was always better. I was at WrestleMania 29. That was the year Undertaker with Paul Heyman. Mm -hmm. oh, 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 I'm sorry, CM Punk with Paul Heyman versus The Undertaker. Yes, sir. And the whole match was based around Paul Bearer. Mm -hmm. uh, Brock Lesnar with Paul Heyman versus Triple H with Shawn Michaels. Um, Swagger was out there with um, Dutch Mantel against yeah. Alberto, who was with Ricardo. Yeah, I was like, "This manager's all over this show. Aren't we acknowledging when they used they get used great, but they're hardly ever used? Mantel and when was, they are, they're always used at a very high Mantel level." Mantel was probably the, the last really. I mean, that's not used. Oh, anymore. he got he him great. so fucking over. It worked, man. It, it worked. worked. It worked. But yeah. anyway, we've. Uh, <laughs> What else happened? We've managed. We got to manage to get back to this. I, w I wanted to finish talking about this. I really don't want to see Strowman in this match the more and more I think about it. Him versus Drew does nothing for me. I, you got to remember. I mean, it's there's only like five months till, till Mania. The five countdown months, begins. It's really, it's beginning now. I mean, the Rumble's in a month and a half. Yeah, I'm then, excited. Oh, I can't wait. You know, I mean, the Rumble, after the Rumble, it's basically Mania season. And we... I don't know where they go with this car. Do you remember no when idea. they used to start putting the Mania sign up after Survivor Series? Oh yeah. They used to build the whole road. The Survivor Series was the road. I don't know. I don't know what road they take this this time around. It's I, very interesting. It's, it's Look, very there's interesting. a lot of variables. You you got variables all over the place because what are we doing for the Rumble? The Rumble's a month and a half away, and you can't fucking have fans anywhere. You're gonna have a Rumble with no fans. And I, look, I think the Rumble's probably the most anxiety built. 
it's never the best match on earth. We'll, we'll be honest with that one. Obviously, you can't book a match with 30 people in it and it could be that good. I know you have a favorite Rumble. I'm just saying oh, from I a... do. And when the Rumble comes around, we're going to do a Rumble count out and I'll explain to everybody why the 1992 Rumble was the greatest Rumble <laughs> in the history of the Rumble. Um, but with that match, the fans make that match. The reactions make the match. The pop makes the match. There's never been... I mean, obviously, there's never been a Mania without fans, but a Rumble without fans... This is going to be hard stuff. So let's just hope that Corona just disappears. Yeah, I think that's the only thing we can fucking hope for. I hope point. that normality returns. Yeah. Because we did have a mania without fans, regrettably. And I don't want to do another one. I don't want to do it again. I can't. It yeah. felt so weird. It was It was different. Mania without fans was definitely weird. And I mean, I'm in the minority when I say I actually, I did enjoy it. I thought they had some good matches, but... There were things that were enjoyable. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And they did some things different, which I appreciated. And Two nights. Of, please keep the two nights. Speaking of doing things differently uh, that didn't work, uh, Bray Wyatt versus The Fiend. Uh, Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton. They did that at Mania a couple of years ago, and it was different, and it was awful. And now they're circling back to it, and they're doing The Fiend and Orton, it looks like. Circling back to their feud, and uh, Orton burned down Bray's right. house, and Sister Abigail, and all that stuff. What a piece of shit. <laughs> is uh, do you think Orton's gonna go baby? Might be about time. Uh, Bray's Bray's considered more of a a tweenerish baby. I don't think you can put Orton. No. So do you think if they start a if they go into that program, you think Orton's gonna be the heel? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Okay. Maybe they're Have gonna my t- attention. Can he do something with Alexa? I got one with you. Maybe they're gonna try to build Bray Wyatt because he has a similar body type and build. And if you think about his moveset, maybe maybe slightly. Maybe they're gonna try the Mick Foley route to get a smashing babyface and be a freak babyface. And people will love it because he's the outcast. He's the he's weird because society made him. Oh, that'd be uh, that's so that's so hard to do. That is so hard to do. I'm not sure Foley ever went babyface because he said society did it to him. I, he almost became more human. To make The Fiend a real babyface is not impossible. We're going to throw him off the cell. <laughs> I, I, that's, that's hard. But I'm sure it was hard for them to do it with The Undertaker. I'm sure it was hard enough for them to do it with Mankind. With those... To turn that type of character into a babyface. Kane... Think about how many times Kane's oh. gone babyface. I mean, they ruined him to an extent because he yeah. became babyface too many times and tag team champion way too many fucking Maybe. times. But it's a that would be something that could revitalize him because we all talk about how every time he gets a little bit of steam, it oh. just goes away. Yeah. And it's, it's, I mean, for me, this Fiend character, I was enticed. It drew my attention. He beats Balor clean. He does the neck crank. Things are weird. And I was all over it until it kind of fell flat recently. And, I mean, the Alexa Bliss thing's giving it some new life, but I'm not completely sold on that yet either. I don't know how long it's going to last. So, this Orton feud's enticing. I mean, I, I Orton could work with anybody. Exactly. He could work <laughs> with anybody, and he doesn't – he's done a lot right now. He's been really, really good. And uh, he has his, his program going into Mania. They know what he's going to do, and a loss here doesn't hurt him. Well, do we know that for sure? It's going to happen. It has to happen. What if Edge, he's not ready? Edge is going to have to come back. Well, what Edge? if he's not ready? They'll find something for him to do. I mean, Edge is 
they're they're banking on Edge being ready, and and from all accounts, it looks like he's gonna be ready. So what a disappointment that he came in and got hurt right away. And he got hurt on a reshoot. On a reshoot oh. for the stupidest look. That that match, match was great. I loved it. There's one problem I have when they did the camera angle. That it looks like the only way the guy would film it would be in between the lockup between the two of them. Is the dumbest fucking thing ever. And that is one of those reshoots that he got hurt on. Yeah, that. Incredible. That was, <laughs> that was tough for sure. Who knew cinematic wrestling you get more injuries? Imagine. Insane. Yeah, Taker said Taker said that thing took fucking years off of him. <laughs> but we'll get to that. Right. <laughs> right. Is there anything else that no, happened I mean, on Raw Nikki K Fibs? This was a shitty show. Yeah, New Day and her business had a match. And oh, I heard there was a botch. Nothing better than a good old botch. Yeah, really. It was uneventful, and I feel like next week. You know, with this triple threat, I think that triple threat will be great, and I'm I'm looking forward to it for sure. Well, I think we need to incorporate a whole new strategy. I think one of us needs to watch Raw every week and let the other two off because this is getting bro. There's a lot of wrestling out there. There's a whole there lot is. of wrestling. And the problem is, is Raw is not even like the B show right now for some reason. I don't know if it's the booking because when I look at the talent, there's talent. Oh, it's a C talent. show right now. It's a C show right now. If I wanted to watch a wrestling program that's going to entice me for two hours, I'd watch NXT over this at this point. Because at least NXT, that's something new and fresh to my mind, so I don't watch it consistently. This is just the same old stale bullshit. And also, maybe in our defense, it's been a busy week. It's been a very busy week. I I spent more time in front of this microphone than my wife. (laughs) And that's probably a good thing for her. And she's happy for it. She's praising Jesus. So are we ready to do number three? Oh, we're ready. Ready when you are, sir. So, I don't want to reveal anything on Lord knows who listens. But I have a job that's been adversely affected by the corona, right? But throughout the chaos, I've actually managed now. I have more free time, believe it or not, than I've had in in a lot of time. So, I say this to set up the fact that um, last night, I set up my TV. I sat down. I made myself a cocktail, and I listened to Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast with The Undertaker. And holy shit, this was good. <laughs> this was good. I saw it was two hours, and it was two hours plus. Yeah. And I saw the time, and I went, good. I, I said, said the, good. I said the same exact thing. Because if it was less than that, I know I'm getting shortchanged. I said the same thing. I, I, said, said, it was, I said two hours. I said it didn't feel like two hours. Oh. I can listen to those guys talk for two fucking days. It, unbelievable. I there was he covered so much, so so much, um, that I wanted to know, and he confirmed so many stories that I had only heard, and and we no one really knew if they had happened or not. And I'll start by saying this before I throw because I know there are things we all want to discuss, right? Little things mm-hmm. that we all that we all got from it. The one thing I don't want to lose sight of is how fucking good Steve Austin is as an interviewer. It's fantastic. And it's easy to overlook. And it's easy to not see. But the fact that the interview was that good and they went into so much detail, Austin listens. He listens. You could see it. He listens. He really does. He's engaged. And he crunches his hands in a very disturbing manner. Because he wants to flip the table and just start throwing (laughs) throwing potatoes. Stutters. Potatoes and He's an intense individual. It's a little silly to watch. I know it's tough. It's easy to make fun of it. 
I can but, actually, I will say this, after watching a few of these, I watched the Flare one today, I watched the uh, the Kurt Angle one again, and now I've started listening to his actual podcast, because he has guys like Shane on there. He's an amazing interview. He's an amazing, amazing interview. Because and, he and takes the Rogan approach. He asks a question, and then he lets the person fucking talk. You know what? You know what? We talk about Austin, I'm getting a beer. There you keep, go. Keep the conversation there going. There you go. Get me one? Yeah, please, I'll take one. Nikki K. is still drinking in depression, knowing he's not going to see the 12 minute entrance at Mania one more time. You know what? I can say, and I'm happy to say this, that I saw his last match at Mania live. What do you mean? Against Cena. Oh, shit, that was it. Yeah, yeah we saw that. Yeah. Me and you, we cradled each other. Yeah. And I. Because originally they teased us. They made it. They really. Vince really got us by the balls. He got Elias come out. Open. Is this really not happening? Open this from the bank. What am I, fucking doorman? I don't have a lighter on me. Gonna be a drunk. Have a bottle opener. Steve Austin probably one. has a bottle opener on his keys. So. Let's go. I, I, I don't even know. I need time to think. If what? you need time to think, can I diverge for a second while we're on the topic of The Undertaker? Yes. Um, so a lot of people have come out on social media and mm -hmm. congratulated him, former people in the business. A hologram came back. There's a lot of people. There was one person in particular who pissed me off to a new level. Who? Oh, you know it, brother. Some guy... Oh, I know, I know where we're going. Named Thunderlips. Brother. Terry Bollea. Dude. Here's your beer, brother. Thanks, Jack. This piece of shit Santa Claus. Was he Santa Claus? He was Santa with muscles. Santa with muscles. And Mr. Nanny. Mr. Nanny, that's the one we'll run with. Mr. Nanny wrote, Amazing career The Undertaker has had. 30 years of main events and always was nothing but money. I'll never forget Taker on the set of Suburban Commando. I told him, Vince needs to meet you. 30 awesome years, brother. H.H. Tall Tales Terry. This guy is getting out of control. He has a long and illustrious history of selling some grade A bullshit. You know something, brother? We can make some money in the F. What we're going to do is we're going to go there, right? You're going to give me one of them tombstone pile drivers. And then he guess what? I'm getting right back up. <laughs> he ain't taking a tombstone. You're going to jack my neck up, brother. Hogan says he uh, he got Taker in, into the WWF. There might be some truth to it. He was on it. He did star in Suburban Commando. They did. But that story of Hulk Hogan putting in the word for for, for Taker, I feel like more people would know it. This guy is still... I've never heard it from anyone other than Hulk Hogan. But Hulk Hogan has a version of events that are frequently only his version. Hulk Hogan and no is one his else own quite person. remembers it. Hulk Hogan's his own person. Hulk Hogan lives his gimmick. Speaking of living his gimmick now, getting back to Taker. Mm -hmm. You guys think he's going to put the coat on when he's in the house? You think at random times, Michelle's going to walk in the room and just look at him and he's going to say, rest in peace. <laughs> it's a, it's going to be hard for him. Like, I'm concerned. He's acting like he's peaceful in these fucking television shoots. But you know I by think, the way he talks I about think this. He, I think he is. I think he is. He is what? I, I can tell you what. I think he's peaceful with, with his career. and I, He said something that, that struck me deep in my in my bones. Oh, I know exactly what you're going to say. He said, if, if 
I could still mm-hmm. do it, I would. Yeah. But I can't, so I won't. Oh, he, he knows he can't. He he hasn't been. He knows he hasn't been able to since the Roman match, and he just did it because he wasn't satisfied, and he got well, and he got and he was enticed by the opponent. That right. was the biggest thing. He wanted to face AJ Styles. He watched him and said, "This guy could work." Do you think the fact that it was a, a pre-tap, uh, I'm sorry, a pre-tape? Do you think it helped him that he didn't have to go out there in one take and have a match in front of people? I think that regardless of if it was one take or not, I think Styles would have really. Well, he was pushing himself. He said he claims that he was in better shape than he was for the last like three or four. Uh, or regardless, like that. That, regardless of if he was or if he wasn't, it's also big. Styles, Styles would have done some things. Styles would have really helped him cross that line in a much better fashion than Roman could have. And you know what else he said? His brother had passed away before the match. I knew that. They yeah. Said that, yeah. And it took me a while, and I really thought about it. Undertaker could have said, my brother just died. I have to get home to my mother. Can we do this another time? And they would have said, sure. They right? literally yeah. could have rolled him off in two seconds, have them go to the graveyard, AJ hits him with a pipe. Okay. <laughs> Redo it at SummerSlam. No, forget no, forget that. Frank, it's in the can. It's a tape. They'll say, we'll, we'll film it. Th- okay, we had you scheduled. We're going to do it Sunday. We'll do it Tuesday. Oh, you yeah, know, we'll, that's true, too. We'll move the taping up. They and were the actually fact, very safeguarded about that because they were afraid of fucking spoilers getting And out. the fact that he didn't do that because he didn't want to inconvenience the camera crew and, and, and the producers and the ref and all the people involved, it speaks a lot to the guy. And that was a big takeaway I got from this interview that he was a stand-up guy by all accounts you know what's the worst thing one of the most painful things of this interview didn't have anything to do with the undertaker when he told stone when stone cold said brother you had 20 years on me and i put it in my head that stone cold hasn't wrestled a match in 20 years and that frank brings me to the question i had (sighs) for nikki k faves i was watching this and i'm looking at steve austin on one end i'm looking at the undertaker on the other end of the table you were there for SummerSlam, mm-hmm. Highway to Hell, mm-hmm. right? And I just thought to myself, within WWE, under the umbrella of WWE, who's the bigger icon, Steve Austin or The Undertaker? Oof. In your opinion. I, I think it has to be, I think it has to be The Undertaker. I disagree. Wow. I, I, I mean, I understand. I mean, it's tough. Uh, Austin... They're you splitting know. hairs. Yeah, it's, Austin carried the company. Austin was. This isn't like when people bring up The Rock or Steve Austin. This is what Stone Cold Steve Austin was a vastly more perfect, vastly more successful professional record wrestler than The Rock. Yes. Well, you heard Austin when he said when he started uh, taking going over those those mania records, and he's like five and two. By God. <laughs> You know, I'll, I'll take a shot to that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this guy's been around for thirty years. And he 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 has to be older than Austin. He has to have started wrestling before Austin. He has had a lot more. In, uh, Austin had a bad injury, but he had a lot of injuries. A lot. Austin. Austin had, had the worst. He yeah. jacked up his his yeah. stack of nines. Hey, yeah. hey, Taker almost jacked up his shit, and that piece of shit Deuce didn't catch him. <laughs> Fucking cocksucker. But it, I mean. For what he means to the company overall, I think it has to be Undertaker. That's what I mean. I feel like Undertaker might be a more sentimental pick for WWE, whereas Austin is more... How many times did Taker sell out the Garden? 
It also was such a big That's star. the thing. Taker, was, you know what Taker was great at? He was great at being number two. Think about it. He had six title reigns over 30 years. And, and yes, his title reigns lasted normally, I believe, a long time. No, it didn't. No, nah, he, so, said, he said really? he banged up a bunch. For, he usually got hurt after the title reigns. And well, he had a good fine, one. His but, last one was but, good. But he didn't need it. He didn't need it. Yeah, but he also didn't set. I don't think he sold tickets the way that you could compare him to a Steve Austin, to you could compare him to a John Cena, or a Terry Bollea. I wouldn't Hulk put stuff. Taker on my rush more. If I was making one. It's hard because if you're making a WWE one, you almost feel forced. You almost feel forced because of duration, right? You almost feel forced because this guy's been in more WrestleMania. I wouldn't I'd have to fact check this, but he's got to be in more WrestleMania matches than anybody else, right? No question. He's achieved a certain standing in his profession. I, I Maybe this is a good analogy. I don't know. Maybe it's like Undertaker is like Marlon Brando in that he's highly acclaimed and highly respected. But he's not Tom Cruise or Will Smith in terms Daniel of Daniel Day Lewis. Daniel Day Lewis, but he's also a, a profound thespian. I'm talking like a big box office star. Oh, you're talking about the man, Clooney. Um, Austin. I would argue that Steve Austin is not just the man, but he is the man amongst the men who made wrestling. I put him above Hogan. I put him above Rock. I put him above Cena. I put him above Bruno. I put him above Andre. I think Austin was the absolute biggest thing they ever had taker for his longevity and for respect within the business you know that's but he didn't start transcending the business until five years ago when he decided to start doing like these side spots and so the reason i just had that question i was looking at it and i said i I think a lot of new fans are going to look at these two guys and say undertaker is the bigger of the two but guys like me will stand firm and say you don't know man you weren't there for Austin. I, I mean, I watched. I watched. With Glass Austin. shatters. Yeah, you're right. I, I mean, right. come on. It's it's. But that dong goes off too, and everyone's like, oh shit. Yeah, but it's uh, different. It, it, it's different. It's different. Austin. And then go to merch. You want to talk about like the business side Austin of it. Austin 316 was the on. biggest selling shirt. I don't even remember a fucking Undertaker <laughs> so shirt. So a priest with that shirt on once. <laughs> and you're like, oh my god. No, actually, no. I remember. Really transcendent. I remember Taker shirts when it became the ABA. But outside of that, like, he didn't move merch to say. He couldn't it's, have. It's, it's impossible. It's not a character to move merch. It's not. That wasn't I, it. Undertaker moved more merch I'm sure in Europe. He did. I'm than sure he did. He was huge but, in Europe. Why? But they like not, wearing trench coats? They like vampires. It's not shit. the They're type weird. of It's not the type of guy that you're going to be like, oh, that new Undertaker shirt is real catchy. But what know? determines the man? It's all about money, baby. And draw, Austin he drew the draw, most. No, he he draw. Could, no, the not new like day, Austin. The new day draws. Don't mention them in this conversation. They do. They draw. Do not mention them in this conversation. <laughs> you're, telling, you're, you're saying merchandise. The new day. No, no, no. Is I'm talking the selling I'm, merchandise right. on WWE. Yes, but I'm talking as a spectrum of merchandise, asses in seats. Main events. The take Taker took a back seat, and it's there's he nothing did. wrong with that. I agree. I agree. Because Taker was not good at being the guy; he was good at making the guy. Well, he said that's the best he analogy. Said, he, said he said it yesterday. himself. He said it yesterday, and I know this is something that you wanted to talk about. Uh, that match with with Sean, that that he had, that Taker uh, Austin had, right when he faced Sean for the title, and they were worried that Sean wasn't going to do business, and Taker was like, you were the guy at the right, You were, this was your time. Right. Yeah. So he right. knew. He knew. 
I think he's very comfortable so with his role. And, and he was going to fuck up Shawn Michaels if he didn't do business. And, that, <laughs> and he admitted that freely and openly. And I had heard Shawn say, I asked Undertaker to his face if he did it. And Undertaker said no. And Undertaker said, I told Shawn no. <laughs> so, like I said before, he was confirming so many of the things. Imagine imagine being back there and just this guy just taping his wrist up. Imagine what would have happened if, if Shawn tried to get counted out or something and he went out and the Undertaker just came out. How? What would have happened? Like, they would have found a way to explain it. They would have got themselves out of everything. How? Undertaker hates Shawn Michaels. <laughs> While we're He's talking, hated him for a very long time, and so he came out and beat him up. That's how they would have explained it in storyline. Well, you've done it on camera. It's fascinating to think about. But Frank, while we talk about those two, they went a little bit in depth in that Hell in a Cell match. They did, and I forgot how good of a match. That I, I want to go back and, and watch that. We're, we might, we might have to do a little watch along you with the boys. To, this is boy, oh boy, that match was something. What a he, fucking story so, from start to finish. You had three different things. All it, it was incredible. You had to keep. You had to have Sean go over because he's going to verse Brett at Survivor Series. Yes, sir. So you had. So he's got to go over. You got to protect the Undertaker because Undertaker don't lose. And at the same time, you got to build Kane, and you have to get over the new match. And Which, they accomplished all four goal, goals with, with room to spare. I mean, amazing match. Amazing psychology, amazing visuals, tremendous storytelling. And it was the debut of, that's got to be, that's, that's got to be, be Kane. Kane. The best part is, is the Hell in a Cell was just made to debut Kane. When he said that, I was in shock. But he said, because they needed a structure that no normal man can break into. Yeah. And of course, he had to come up and... I, which Watching kind of, that clip of Kane. You know, wait, I'm sorry to cut you off, but... The, but you did. But going into that, because I don't want to lose this this while you're on it. Um, it looks like the, the cameraman got hurt during that match, and they got him, they opened the door to let him out. That was that was the story. But they that, said, how are we going to get out of the cell? The door's locked, and they said, we'll bump the cameraman. That but was, they double-spotted it because they were back in the cage, what? and the cage was locked again. When the guy who actually debuted. Because they wanted to fight on top. Sean said, I want to do something on top. Right. And he said, how do we get out of it? And, oh. then, and then they came up with the... Uh, but I'm saying... I thought it was like, an accident. Oh, no. No, you... I accidents thought, No, not an accident. Time. I thought that that they went out there by mistake. Because like you said, Sean... Accidents like to, that don't really happen. Yeah, I guess. It's an accident in wrestling. They... Yeah. You don't see it. The camera yeah, goes away. Yeah, there's an X. Yeah, I, I guess you're right. That, that was their way of opening it because Sean said, I looked at it and I knew I wanted to do something off the top. Yeah. So how but, do you get to the top? You got to get out. How yeah. do we get out? Okay, we'll do something with the cameraman. I think I, I remember even them saying, I think Pritchard said on his show, who came up with that cameraman thing. I don't remember who it was. Maybe it was Pat Patterson. Maybe it was Sean. So well done, though, because look at that. This moron who's almost 30 was tricked. Remembers it. No, I wasn't and tricked. Drew, I just watched it great. during the interview, and I thought my mindset was Taker was saying it's built for Kane. No one could get in. No one can get out. And, bro, the genius of Shawn Michaels at the beginning of that match, he yells yeah. at the cameraman. They planted the seed for it because then the cameraman got in the way later, and he, like, knocked them out. Yeah. Yes. They planted the seed early. When you watch the match, Everything. he tells the cameraman, get the hell out the way. That was Sean planting that seed that later they, they went to. They have such high praise for him, man. Wow. For Sean? Yeah. Well, Taker said he could take a broomstick two out of three balls. Yeah. That was the best quote of the night. I want that on a t-shirt. WWE shop, get on it. True. I didn't want to lose my thought before I was rudely interrupted. Um, watching that Kane debut again. 
I forgot how traumatized I was when I first saw it. Again, these were when you're younger. The first time I saw Kane, I was in fucking awe that there was another person that big. Because when you see Undertaker on a week-to-week basis... Those bearer jeans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the guy who's four foot nine and 400 pounds puts out these monsters. The first time I saw Kane, he was awesome looking. The music, the red fucking light, everything about it just hit. And then I remember the look on The Undertaker's face. And he mentioned that. He said, that's the first time you've ever seen The Undertaker look like that. Right. That debut was done so well to make him look like an absolute monster. From the ripping of the door when he gets in. Right. To the... Th- I've never seen a referee get tossed like Earl Hebner gets tossed <laughs> right there. And then we go to the, the stare down, which is a moment. They say a moment in time talking about the Foley spot. That's a moment in time in wrestling, too. The introduction of the greatest parallel character you'll ever have. And speaking of that, um, you know, Kane, that would have been a real easy character to just do a one-off. Like the Undertaker. Yeah. Could have just came the and went. And the fact that Taker, A, allowed it. He said, found him. Because if that's a failure, Kane comes in, he fails. Now you're saddled, like Kurt Angle is, with, oh, do you remember that illegitimate son you had that we kind of forgot? Uh, that could have been that with Undertaker. That could have been, remember when he had that brother and it went nowhere? Remember? And it didn't just turn out good. It it fed into the Undertaker character. So both characters It elevated escalated. each other. And that was elevating yeah. from a guy that didn't exist three months ago, which is in, in unheard of in that business. And all the credit belongs to Taker that year at Mania when Kane took three tombstones got pinned, but then still left on his feet. He left Taker Lang at the end of it. Yeah. How you build a great character. And Kane, Boyle, my and, brother. And Pete Rose. My brother. Well, that's a whole nother. Kane's got some issue with Pete Rose. <laughs> In chickens. My, bro- my brother will tell you to this day that the reason the WWF won the Monday Night uh, Wars was because of Kane. Oh, is it Kane, Mark? He said, he, Kane said he, he was watching WCW because of NWO, then he saw Kane and he switched. And he <laughs> considers his switching to be a moment <laughs> in the turn of the tide for the Monday Night uh, War. Nick, anything about The Undertaker's uh, interview I, that I stuck it, out to you? I thought it was extremely... Stick extremely... out. I got something that sticks out from that. What? We heard a little story about Teddy Long. <laughs> That had to be one of the funniest shits because it only could happen ah. in this mystical wrestling locker room. Kayfabes, you know, this is a hard story for me. I, it's a hard oh, story. it's a hard story, all right. It's a hard story for The Undertaker. He was he was giggles when he was telling <laughs> it. Used to be, it used to be a soft story. It became a hard story. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, they look like they had a lot of fun with that. That wrestler's court and, and the story that he told was Teddy Long came into a, a lot of Viagra. <laughs> and he was selling it to them for a profit. For a profit, and they weren't having it. And, and the boys was, were not having it. Mae Young was a witness. <laughs> the boys need to stop taking and, that Niagara. <laughs> and Undertaker, uh, Undertaker, uh, Austin said, and and JBL as the prosecutor, he was so outlandish. <laughs> Can't you see? You know, Bradshaw got. You knew he was JBL behind the scenes before he was JBL. Honestly, the they give him shit for what happened with the falling out. When he, I wish he was on commentary still. JBL was so entertaining. He was good. He was good in almost everything he did. JBL. But yeah, yeah that was one story. So Teddy Long got prosecuted and was found guilty, guilty by the charge. <laughs> 
Imagine you work in a place and you start selling Viags and you get fucking. Oh, what was the punishment? The, the one... I was work today, Teddy. Well, I was selling illegal pharmaceuticals and I got called. I got called into a kangaroo court <laughs> where an octogenarian may up <laughs> really. Uh, she hung me out to dry, and I got found guilty by... Mother of hand. Unbelievable. Mother of hand. Unbelievable. They, they, they probably have stories for days. What do you but... think the punishment was? He had to eat the Viagra and fuck me up? <laughs> there were worse things. And the, the best story, was, at least. The best was the one who said to Teddy, you don't even bump. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, God. He's serious. He was probably like, yeah, he was guilty, and he deserved it. Yeah. The, oh, man. The one thing that I, that I really enjoyed hearing was... Um, I remember when when this happened, people were just the internet was buzzing when uh, when Lesnar lost to to Velasquez at, at the UFC. Oh and man! There and he's interviewing him. Oh, and he, I'm selling, him, brother. You, see him <laughs> keep, you keep you keep seeing him staring, waiting for Lesnar to pass. Uh huh. And he's talking, and he's like, he needs to have more cardio. Did he, he ruin the mystique? Did he ruin it? Because that moment when he confronted him at oh, UFC, it was great. that lived in infamy. For years, yeah. nobody knew. Was it People, real? Was it fake? Was it that weird wrestling combination? It was both? Were they both in on it? Was only one in on it? People it, thought Taker was going to MMA. They didn't know what the fuck was going on. And then, right, I mean, listen to Taker tell it. And again, he told Ariel Hawani <sighs> recently that that it was it was a little bit of a, it was a work. He just pulled the curtain back, man. We just so much. And I'm all for it. I love it. I He's love gonna it. have a whole nother career yeah. now. I might actually have to read his but, book one when, when but, he makes but, one. But getting, oh, he's that'll be the first book. book I'm reading. But again, again, back I haven't to read a grade. book since fucking third grade. Yeah, there's one fucking day. illiterate. <laughs> Too busy watching this shit. <laughs> read a fucking book. The, the one, the one thing that I did want to say was, I mean, he was saying Lesnar literally walked out of his way. To go and, and do it with him, and he knew. And Lesnar knew. Lesnar knows. Lesnar knows business. He yeah. knows money. He just coming off a loss. He said, "What are they going to remember? That I just that I just got my face kicked in by Vasquez, or I could, or I could walk by Taker, and all they're going to be talking about is this." He knew how to angle. save himself. That's the Paul Heyman in him. That's and, the Paul Heyman teachings. And Taker said, "Business, brother. It was business. These people, they live in a world. Was it real? Was it fake? I don't know if Undertaker knows." He was like, yeah, he didn't know I was coming, but it was a work. Yeah. Wait, it was a work, but he didn't know, but he did know. <laughs> That's a weird wrestling world, man. That every day, and he is just at the forefront of it and has been. And to hear him coming forward with everything. Spoke a little bit about my man, Paul Bearer. I'm glad to hear Undertaker. Um, Austin brought that up. Last time together, we didn't talk about Paul. And they played that great clip where Paul tried they were going to embalm Austin. Oh, that was hilarious. <laughs> they were going to just cut him open and just gut him. Like, why didn't the cameraman stop him? I remember <laughs> looking back at that. Like, they're going to kill this man. Like, why didn't the cameraman warn Vince when he was coming with the bedpan? Right. They were going to just... Dr. Austin. Paul Bearer and Undertaker had kidnapped Steve Austin. <laughs> and they, they had him tied down, right? And they were just going to gut him. Just cut him open and kill him. And Paul Bearer went for his pants. He's like, okay, I would take off these drawers. And he tried to do it. They said Paul Bear was a big river. And you see these outtakes that they have for all that old stuff. I, God, we need it. We thank need God it. they saved it all. We need it. Good for them. See, they're so smart. They knew that was going to be... Somewhere down the line, they knew they were going to be able to use it. 
and save all the outtakes and all the footage and all the. But see, like, imagine being Vince and owning a company, right? But you can't get rid of a moment when you pissed yourself on live television. <laughs> Vince owns a. Was it real piss? Do we have to settle that Vince one? Do, Vince doesn't own a company. He owns an industry. That's true. He You're owns, damn right. He, he owns does. it lock, stock, and barrel. Which brings me to another quote from the Undertaker: "The boys are playing checkers. Vince is playing chess." I, that. To get to that quote, that was cool to hear him talk about, you know, that screw job. I mean, he wasn't involved in the angle at all, and he really, he was, he wasn't I, about it. I, I liked what he said, but it seemed a little Terry Bollea-ish. I personally went up to him and made sure he was going to make it right, as he was already on his way making it right. But you know what, that's, you know what, that, you know, that's how you know it's true, right. because you wouldn't make up that, like, he was already going to do it. But that just speaks to who Taker was, because he didn't have to do that. He didn't have to possibly fuck himself in a company I, for defending Bret Hart. But I think that was, I think Bret was his boy. I think he was close with Bret. Well, he respected him. And he talks about how much he hated Shawn Michaels until Shawn Michaels found Jesus, which yeah. apparently a whole rocker room did, but I fucking loved him. Y'all don't know what you're talking about. Apparently in wrestling, that's just at the end, you just get on your knees and you beg for forgiveness. They've lived probably a life of such debauchery that <laughs> now they're just like, we need to... We need forgiveness. But why does it always seem like the guys that we talk about have those great runs that we can't stop talking about 30 years later? They were a prick during the run. I guess it's like you got to really just become obsessed with being they, that that's guy. That's what they spoke about. Austin, yeah. they, said, they said they lived their lives on the road and it's chaotic and you're from town to town and you're partying at night. And then you're home for three days and you don't know how to acclimate into a normal environment. That was him talking to Flair, actually. Well, you're getting them. Hold on. No, he said the not. same thing. He said it. He said it yesterday. Oh, well, they both said. And I'm sorry. Austin they said and Taker different. said we spent all this time thinking, oh, this guy's up and coming. How are we going to cut him? And they had that political mind. You can't balance a family and a career at that level. You no. can't. Austin couldn't. Flair couldn't. Taker couldn't. Well, Austin said it about the, the only too. one who could was yep. the only one who could was Hunter. was Hunter because he married the business itself, so he didn't have to. I can't get time. fired if I'm fucking the boss's daughter. Correct. Genius ploy. Correct. Gotta give him credit. No, I'm saying that that he he said it about The Rock. He said The Rock was hot, Austin was hot at the time, and Rock was up and coming, and he knew he was gonna be on his ass sooner or later. And The Rock was there. I mean, The Rock The Rock got over, and The Rock became a, a big big success because of it. I wonder if anyone's gonna have the type of career that Taker did. He said yesterday also. Yesterday when I watched it. His first match was with Bruiser Brody, managed by Percy Pringle, in an ironic turn of events, right? It'll come full circle later. And he said Harley Race asked him to be his tag partner. And he said, unless you're in the business and in this world, you don't understand how big those two things are. That I, I was in the ring with Bruiser Brody, and I, I partnered with Harley Race. I think he was in a locker room with Andre. He's in the ring with Austin. He's and The Rock all. and Cena. Angle. Rock and Angle and Hunter and Sean and Brett Flair. and Nash and Seth Hall Flair. and Flair and and everyone. Is there any big name he hasn't been in the there ring? Was, there was one, and he almost killed him when he finally got him. Goldberg. And then the other one was Sting, which you sadly, uh, that's yeah. the only one. That's probably the only one. That's why uh, you want willing, it so bad. And I'm willing to bet he wrestled Sting. As Mean Mark in like Texas w, Red, yeah, as like an old school gimmick, and I, I'm sure they have before, but you're right, never in their true form. But he right. was, he, yeah, he's been in. I mean, Piper, unbelievable. Uh, yeah, and he didn't catch these guys 
back in the 80s. He got him in the 80s. Not, he was in the 90s, I know, but he didn't get him back in the past. He got him on their second come around again. Yeah. He versed Hogan the first time. He got him in Hogan. DiBiase. DiBiase. He gets him on the come around when they come back. Oh, yeah, right? you're right. When they come back. Oh, again. man. This is perfect. A, yeah, he get and he just. He keeps going, man. He just went and went and went, and it broke my heart. He said, if I could do it, I would. But I can't, so I won't. It's amazing that he was able to put on some of the best matches of his career when he was probably... How old was he with the Michaels matches? How old was he with... I think he's 54, 55 now. When did he get in the business? At Mania 21, he had a match with Orton, and that's when I think his matches really... Kicked it into the next. I feel like they made level. it a point to make that match the best match on the card every year. I don't know and what it was. Twenty one. Yeah, I feel like before that, yeah, they acknowledged it. What they talk about that too. He talks about he, facing Flair, which was amazing because I never knew this that he had an option between facing RVD or Flair. That was interesting. I never knew who the other guy was. I knew it was Flair. I didn't know who the other guy was. And the fanboy in him. Chose Ric Flair. Like it was that simple. And he even said Vince didn't get it. Vince was like, well, you don't want to work with RVD? Right. Vince Van Dam? You know, Flair was not Vince's guy. Well, on top of that, Vince is smart enough to see that Taker's really going to put an over young talent. And a match with RVD would have fucking... Look, RVD eventually got elevated, but that could have elevated him a few years earlier that match. Right, probably could have. Um, But the Ric Flair match, let's not forget it, it was a gusher. Oh, Flip. gusher. Oh, man. Arn Anderson came in with the sixth Oh, my God. Send him to hell. I recommend, hey, you want to watch something, watch Arn Anderson hit Undertaker with the Fuck it, watch that match. Buster. Watch that match. That is a match. People say whatever they want about Ric Flair. He's probably like fucking 40 plus, at least 50 plus at that 50 point. 50 plus at that point. And he put on a, one of the best matches of the night. Of course. How could it not be? Um, Unbelievable. Just an unbelievable career. I love that we're getting, now we're getting a whole second half. This guy could do podcast, Dead Man Talking. Hopefully he does ours. He could do, well, we'll get Mark, right. Nick's got a ploy. Kayfabe, tell Frank your plan. No, I'm, tell him, tell I, him. Can't, I can't ruin, I can't get it out there for the people that do listen in case they jump in on, on my Ah, uh, well, we'll put it this way. Top secret shit. It's, it's top secret. <laughs> if all goes according to plan, we're gonna the other get, we're, will be on Ring Crew radio are we are we gonna kidnap him he likes doing that's that. plan b okay. uh, yeah where uh, to mark i got <laughs> hello boys hello boys <laughs> <laughs> but another thing that he talked about was the streak which is you know a, a big big wrestling uh he said he didn't want to do it yeah he said what i said brock what he said brock didn't need it but he went and did it anyway isn't that what I said, though, a couple weeks ago? It's I said, funny. that's my problem with it? I, I, that's always been everyone's problem with it. You I didn't that, need it. You know, I, I, I did some introspection when I heard him saying it. And I said, I still support it. I still think it needed to end. I think to end the streak is to give validity to it rather than to let it go on in yes. perpetuity. To end it, it makes it, it was a thing in time that happened that will never be replicated. Um, but he's right to say... What would it have done for Roman? What would it have done for a guy who could have really used it to catapult him? Maybe, in hindsight, could we have done it better? You could have comment. I don't have a list. <laughs> in, hindsight, in hindsight, maybe we could have done it better. But at the time, and they did capitalize on it. And I will say, I think Brock did need it. Because when Brock came back, he jobbed Cena right away. Then he beat Hunter. Then he jobbed the Hunter right away. And, and he had lost 
he had lost a lot of his steam. If he doesn't beat The Undertaker to the streak, he doesn't squash Cena. If he doesn't squash Cena, that whole Brock Lesnar era of his life where he was just crushing everybody. Remember, he just do pay-per-views where he just crushed people? Squash. This went on for a year. And more, it went on way after. more than a year. And then the only times he would lose, he would lose very quickly too. And it was shocking. And they were the best matches. And yeah. It was shocking and they were tremendous. I'm not sure you get that without him beating the streak. So I'm very torn. I'm of two minds on this on this streak thing. Though I do stand it needed to end. The how, the where, the when, that's all. And most importantly, the who. That, that's, that's all debatable. That's my question. A if, lot of people not, had this idea of Kane, too. I've heard that a thousand times. If, I don't if know not, why. If not Lesnar or not Reigns, then who would who would be your ideal choice? Now? Uh... If, I would say in the last five five years. Well, if, if you say for the sake of argument that he beats Brock, he beats Brock. Yeah, he beats Brett, and then he beats Brock. Let's start. Just he beats Brock and take Roman out of the equation. Okay. You think Bray would Bray would have Bray Wyatt? Hopefully not at the time that they wrestled, but maybe now is the fiend. Yeah, that could have been it. AJ Styles. I, I you know I think there's a lot of. I don't think AJ needs it. He's but. a little older, too, so maybe you can get that much out of it. Kane is a waste. That's a sentimental pick, but that's not a that's not a realistic pick. He already beat him twice at Mania. Yeah. That would just be a way of giving Kane, like, a, hey, here's a, here's a trophy. Thanks for playing. Kane don't need that. I don't know. I mean, I thought Orton... Orton, be, I mean... You know, he was a good option, but again, you don't want someone to beat him on the second go-around. That would be silly. Well, I don't know, though, because now you have, like, with the Orton thing, it's interesting to me. Because Orton, it would be almost, at that point, you're talking 10 years in between their matches, right? Because 31-21. You could say the evolution of Orton made him good enough yeah, to beat. I, 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 I just disagree. He beat him once, and then Orton beats him again, you know. But it's a 10-year difference. And there's a 10-year difference in character. It would. Ha- I don't care. I just. I just disagree. I hear you. I respect your opinion. But Orton's old now. It would have to be a young guy on the well, up and who can too. really use it, and not someone he's already beaten in the past. That's why I always knew. I know you love that spot at WrestleMania 28 when Sean super kicks him into the pedigree. It gets you in the moment, but in the back of my mind, I always knew he was going to win. Did you? You knew he was going to win that match. Of course. Really? Against Hunter. Hunt of. Of course, Hunter already lost to him twice by that point at Mania. He already sure. lost two Mania matches to him. Hunter is smart enough to know if he beats him, he's going to catch the OD shit from the online community, which already don't like him. Hunter don't need it. Hunter was already part-time. There was no way it was going to happen. Could it have happened? Could they have booked it? Sure. But I, I would have been beyond shocked. And I was beyond shocked that Brock had did so, it. I, yeah. But yeah. Brock was, I mean, no comparison. There was Brock m- over Triple H any day. Brock over a lot of those guys any day. Sean can't beat him. Sean did too much. Taker, uh, Triple H couldn't do it. Do you he, think he 29, 29, I, I thought, was built to, to have him do it. I was going to say 29. 29 did seem like The manager like died, so now I'm going to knee in the face of Minion. And then imagine Punk left a year later. See, and that's, the, and that's yeah. the stinger of it. It's like... It, if he does that, do you think he ever leaves? I do think he leaves, yes. He's yeah, that I, much I of a... I think yeah. he leaves, too. I, think I don't just... think that would have meant shit to him. And then after that... Well, they claim that he didn't give a shit about it when it happened. The match itself. 
I hear that. Yeah. But again, and see again, I would have legitimately bought into it. The problem is at that point, CM Punk's old too. Don't forget that. Yeah. I would have said because he had the longest title reign in modern history, fine. But he has that, so why does he need this? That's the problem you're always going to run into trying to justify who breaks and it. I also feel like you need a you need a guy that needs to get heat. You're going to get heat from that. But that's why I don't think Baron Mac, Corbin. I don't think Mac, <laughs> I don't think McIntyre would work. I don't think because they want to push him as a face. I just don't think. He well, now they want to push him as a face. I don't. I didn't think he worked as a heel when he was. No, doing it. we're in the realm of mes- mental masturbation. Now. No, but it, it's a good. The streak is a, over. Yeah, it's over. It is. I know you never put it behind you. I didn't. I know. I so didn't. look. Anything else on the Undertaker? Because uh, I, I have a good. Uh, maybe we can close on. Go ahead, yeah, go ahead. Something. How much time have we used already, Frank? Let's. We're at an hour sixteen. Wow. An hour sixteen. The people are gone. being fed tonight. Yeah, we said we said we were gonna keep it short. We've already gone fifteen minutes over. So, Nikki, before we sign off, you were there when the streak ended. Yeah. What was it like? Because I was watching it on TV, and I popped up off my chair, my mouth fell open, I, my eyes got big. I, that guy in the front row, the black yeah, guy you, that they used, that yeah. was me. It was like I was looking into a mirror. Except he was wearing crooked-ass glasses, and I was not. I, I think and I... And I turned to my friend, and he looked at me, and I looked at him, and everyone else in the room was just kind of just stunned. And it was a moment. And why do I say I think the streak should have ended? Because how you can't have a moment like that. You know, how, how often does that happen? It doesn't. It doesn't. To and have a finish that just utterly bewilders you. Frank and shocks you and and just to your core and you said I never thought this was fucking possible. It was the talk of everything. People were calling each other. I spoke to cousins that I hadn't spoke to in years. <laughs> Bro, what happened? They're asking me like I knew. I I, I wasn't there. I but you were there live. I was you there. were there live. What was it like? I, I think I, I think I mentioned it before. Uh, the match was was not that great. He was out of it, uh, as he as he has said numerous times, and he. He got hit with numerous F5s, and I was worried for him. I it did not look good. Uh, and then it happened, and the three count felt like an eternity. <laughs> <laughs> when that hit... And this the, three count feels like eternity. And and the, the Brock's music started playing, and then I looked to the people I was with, and I said, they fucked up. I said, they fucked up. And then they flashed the 21-1 a little late, and I was like... God, I was like, this actually think I think actually happened, and uh, I wa- I think I mentioned this. I walked out to, you know, by the concessions, and I just took it in. I took I took a deep breath, and I said, this is, this might be the end. I just have an image, Frank, of my mind of Nick just walking, just looking up at the sky. That was it. It was exactly like just that. Taking he, it all in, right? And then, just and he acts I- he acts like no one else was there. Like he acts like when. Taker went to the back like he consoled him and said, it's all right, big guy. You still what made do, me what smile. What do I do? Where do I go? I what is here? Like, Christ. We were, we, were in, we were in New Orleans, a uh, big party city, and I got back and we, people were making plans to, to go out. And I said, no, I'm not. I'm good. I'm out. I'm <laughs> going to sit, sit this one out. I so did, the last night in New Orleans, I did you not, could have just been throwing out. beads at boobs. I went out. Um, I, I, I did go out. Uh, we stayed there Monday, so it was my not my life night, but... Uh, I, I had one. I had a Jack to Taker, and I, I you know. It was, ah, speaking of the Jack, yeah. the boys Austin and Taker were were pretty geezed. <laughs> I think during that uh, 
that we, podcast. I think we should do that next one. Get a bottle, me and you, because Frank, Frank uh, can't partake. But and and you know, if anyone who hasn't watched it, there's a great story about the pyro guy, and I recommend anyone to go see it because he's the guy. He really he got dealt a bad hand. That pyro guy, wherever he is now, the man almost. Deep fried the Undertaker. <laughs> Dude, what do you think Taker would have done if he got his fucking hands on him? I think he would have got I, deep fried. I think he, frankly, would have rested <laughs> in peace. I think it's time for this show too. <laughs> Man, I feel like we rambled, but we did a so that's our our three count since I couldn't get ten items out of that. Fucking and now it's twenty. Who wrong? did this three count? Earl Hebner. Fuck. Well, it's like the Robinson on behalf round. of the high flyer Frank Cliff. On behalf of Nikki K. Faves, on behalf of PJ Stackpole. And the Man of Steel, on behalf of him. And the Man of Steel is not with us this week. I don't know why Nick's bringing him up, but he <laughs> loves him. Maybe Michael joined him. Maybe the Man of Steel can join us for uh, for the next pay-per-view. Is the Rumble the next pay-per-view? No, War TLC. TLC. Oh, no, no War, War Games. Games. War Games. War Games. No, War we Games. can do that. Okay. So on behalf of Ring Crew Radio, enjoy your... Pumpkin pie, your turkey, <laughs> your uh, your cabbage, whatever your the casserole. hell it is you eat. If you're enjoying, be with friends and family, but not if you live in New York or California because <laughs> you're not allowed. But everybody else, enjoy the holiday. This is Ring for Radio signing off. God bless you, Taker.